Good evening. I will be reading the scripture this evening, taken from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 783. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen in the east, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. stars I hear the rolling thunder thy holy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul my Savior God to thee How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. My name is Belteshaw. I'm one of the wise men who 
went to see Jesus and to pay homage to him. And I was invited by your pastor to share my story today and the huge impact of my journey with two other wise men from Persia and Parthia as we journeyed and made our way to see Jesus. You know, I am an astrologer by career and occupation. Study the stars and look at their alignment and see how the galaxy and the stars and the constellation affects our behavior on Earth. You know, it was customary for other nations, Persia would often send, the king of Persia would often send people within his royal team to visit other nations that had a rising king that was coming up, and we would always pay them homage. Oh, but this was no ordinary journey. We went for one thing, and we discovered God had a different plan for us. And in a real sense, one might say that we went on behalf of the king of Persia to make him look good, if you know what I mean. But I just want to share a, a few things with you, lessons that I learned that Jesus taught me, that God taught me as we traveled to Jerusalem. Well, it was almost a journey of two months, over 900 miles to travel from Persia all the way to Jerusalem. And you know, we discovered something on this journey that we were on that Jesus was the reason, the real reason for our journey. It was customary at that time that we would travel in caravans. And so there were many who were with us and we had camels and we had food and we had all the things that we need, needed for our journey. And that you can imagine there were nights and there were days. We wondered if we were ever gonna make it there. But lo and behold, there was a star that had risen from the east. And it seems as if that star was beckoning us to come toward it. And so we followed that star in the morning, in the afternoon, even at night, we followed that star until we landed to a place that we could rest. We discovered that this journey that we, that we were on, God was trying to give us a bigger picture of himself and what he was getting ready to do. God was trying to show us that life is 
bigger than the stars and the galaxy. God, that God is bigger than if God can hold the sun in its place and the moon in its place and never the two shall meet, then God can handle everything that I could even imagine and go through. Jesus was the reason for our journey. And I don't know where you are today, but maybe Jesus, there may not be a star that's pulling you and drawing you, but there is a spirit that is drawing you closer and closer to Jesus. Yes, yes, Jesus was the reason for our journey. Uh, but not only that, Jesus was the answer to our search. And in order to have, to get an answer, you had to have questions. And the question that we had was, what, why are we traveling this far to pay homage to he who had been born king of the Jews? We were sent by the king of Persia, and there we were. We had made our way to Jerusalem. And so we went to Herod, who was the king of Jerusalem at that time. And oh, he was a Grinch. He was the original Grinch that stole Christmas. You know, there were three types of people who responded rather negatively or positive to Jesus, and Herod was a hater. He was Idumean by birth, and so he had no right to the Jewish throne, but he was, he was handpicked by the Roman government to serve as the king over the Jewish people. And we hated him for that. He was a hater. But then you had the chief priests and the scribes and the religious aristocracy of that day who were supposed to know when Jesus was supposed to be born and where Jesus was supposed to be born. They were supposed to be waiting with anticipation when Jesus came on the scene, but they did not know, they were not expecting Jesus to come the way that he did. And so when we approach Herod, we asked him, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And he had no idea we had expected him to know we had expected the king of the Jews to be in the palace. But Herod was clueless. He called his chief priests and scribes together and asked them the question, at what time, when will Jesus be born? Where is he? And they began to quote Micah 5, 2, and said that he would be born in Bethlehem, which is the smallest of the towns and cities. But it was a major city because that's where Jesus chose to be born to a peasant woman and a man named Joseph who was a carpenter, a woman named Mary. And when he had no clue, and then they began to share, and so he gave us a command and said, I want you to go to Bethlehem, which we were planning on going there anyway. And when you get there, I want you to bring word back to me and 
because I want to go and pay homage to him as well, where we knew that he had another, another motive. He wanted to kill Jesus because he was threatened by the rising of the star in Jesus as the king of the Jews. Well, it took six days to get to Bethlehem. It took quite some time to get there. And once we got there, lo and behold, from a distance, almost two miles away, we saw this small house. And as we arrive and approach the house, Mary was there and Joseph was, was there. And Jesus was no longer an infant. He was nearly two years old. And we were overwhelmed with joy. All of this traveling day and night through the desert, we finally got to the place where our search was fulfilled. We saw Jesus. And I began to look at his hands and I began to think to myself, these will be the hands that will feed 5,000 with some loaves and fish. These are the hands that will lay, lay hands on those who are sick. These are the hands that will give blind Bartimaeus his sight. And I looked at his feet and I said, these are the feet that will walk the dusty roads of Jerusalem. These are the feet that will walk on water. This is the body, this vulnerable body, that one day will become a man and that he will say to the boisterous winds, peace be still. And I was gripped with joy to see this two-year-old that all the fullness of the Godhead would dwell in him. We begin to sing a song, I've got the joy, 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 down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart, down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. Joy! unspeakable joy, joy that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Joy. We were gripped with joy. And so out of that overflow of joy, we couldn't help but come to the conclusion that Jesus was deserving of our gifts. And as we looked at Joseph and we looked at Mary, we begin to present gifts to them. First gift that we gave them, we kneeled in homage and in worship was gold. Gold was a similitude of Jesus being a king and being a monarch and being a ruler. And so we gave them gold for their journey. Now Mary was young. 14 years old and Joseph was young, perhaps in his early 20s. And there they were. And I said to myself, they're gonna need some money for their journey. <laughs> they're gonna need some help. And so we presented the gold to them that was symbolic of Jesus 
being a king. Then we presented to them frankincense. We bowed before them and presented this frankincense. Frankincense served as a spice. It served as as an herb. And it was something that that came out of a tree, the sap of a tree. You would have to whip the tree to make the sap come out. And once the sap came out, you would allow it to dry and then it would crystallize and and it was a very expensive incense. It was used in the tabernacle of Moses. It was used in the temples. It was often used before they went into the Holy of Holies and then they would pray And the smell of frank incense was indicative of the prayers of the people as a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Jesus was worthy of frank incense. And last but not least, there was myrrh. Myrrh was also something that was prepared and gathered from a tree. The tree would be cut and whipped until the sap would dry. And then it would crystallize and myrrh was often used as uh, combined with other spices to uh, serve as an embalmment for those who died. But it was also used as a, a sweet smell to counter the stench of odors in the streets of Jerusalem. The smell of animals was often used in that respect, but it was also symbolic, the death that Jesus would die one day. It was used at his death as something that would serve as an embalmment for Jesus. And so Jesus was desiring of our gifts. Now, you may not have gold, you may not have frankincense, you may not have myrrh, but what can you give to Jesus today? I believe Jesus wants your heart. I believe he wants you to come to a saving knowledge of who he is, that he's more than just a child now. He's our Lord, he's our Savior. He's more than the whole world can give to us. Jesus is our all in all. You know, a wise man by the name of Zoriaster said, unless a man knows God, he begins at no beginning and he works toward no end. But there was a wiser man named Jesus and said, that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes to me except through the Father. There was a wiser man who said that, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There was a wiser man who said, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Perhaps you're here today. God has brought you to this place to bring you and romance you to himself, to let you know that you are precious in his sight and that you are the apple of his eye and that his eyes are on you not to harm you, but to give you a hope, a plan, and a future. And maybe you are here today because God has redirected you and wants to, wants to walk with you on your journey. 
Well, you know, we, as wise men, we were, we were warned by God in a dream not to go back to Herod because Herod wanted to kill Jesus. And God sent us another way than the way we came. And perhaps God is sending you another way. Sometimes the directions that we go and the search that we, we embark on and the journeys that we take can lead to dead ends. But if you walk with Jesus, I promise you, there will be no dead ends. There may be some detours, but there will never be a dead end because Jesus has plans for you as well as for me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these wise men and wise men and wise women still seek Jesus. They're still looking for Jesus. And perhaps, Lord, there's somebody under the sound of my voice needs to know that you still save, that you're still giving hope, that you're still giving peace and pouring your love out upon us, Lord. Lord, would you make it crystal clear to someone here today who's been searching, they've been on a journey, let them know, Father God, the search has ended. They have found you. And so, Lord, we ask that you would draw them to yourself. And we'll be careful to give you the praises and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to do me a favor and fill out a Connect card. Uh, we want to connect with you. We want to walk with you on your journey. Maybe you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and now is the time to make Jesus your choice. Someone has maybe shared Jesus with you before, but... You, didn't, you weren't ready. And you probably say, well, I'm going to wait till I get right. Well, you can't get right by yourself. Jesus makes you right. And so I want to invite you to fill out this Connect card. And if you, you're here, we want you to fill out a Connect card anyway because we want to connect with you. We want you to know that you are not alone, uh, that you need to be covered. University Presbyterian Church is not perfect, but it's, it is being perfected. Amen? Amen? Amen. After you fill out this Connect card, when you go out, you can put it in the basket with the candles. And if you can't find the basket with the candles, put it in the silver box in the lobby or put it in the black boxes in the balcony. Amen? Amen. Amen.